Hello and welcome back to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast designed specifically to help you. Yes, you. You right there. Yes, you listening. You with the face. We're here to help you create sexual integrity in this hyper-sexualized culture of ours. And this episode in particular will change your paradigms galore. It's something probably that you've never heard before. A story like this, a testimony like this is very rare but I'm sure it will become increasingly less rare due to the fact that there are many such people like this young man who are seeking after something that is countercultural. And what I'm talking about is, in this episode we have Sammy interviewing his friend Gene. And Gene has recreated his own sexuality. He's shifted his own sexual paradigm on purpose because... What his body wanted throughout his formative years was not what his mind wanted for his life. And he went through the process of identifying clearly what it is that he really wants out of life and making his sexuality fit into that rather than the other way around, which is all too common. So please go through this entire episode at least one to a thousand times, somewhere in there and allow this information to sink in, to know what's possible. You can absolutely curate every aspect of your life if you are intentional consistently. So please sit back and enjoy Sammy interviewing his friend, Gina. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Love, Life, and Legacy, a show about sex. We're here to talk with you about a variety of topics to do with sex and sexuality to provide a level-headed viewpoint that you can rely on that's something that's tried, tested, and true in this whirlwind of a sexual culture that we live in. And I'm here today with an amazing guest, Gene. He's a great guy, someone that I'm really excited to introduce to you guys today. And I want to give him the opportunity to share his background and uh, what he has to bring to the table. But just to give you a, a taster and a teaser, why I'm excited to bring him here. It's because Gene, it's someone, he's someone that not only has a great life, a great relationship, great marriage, but he's someone that's worked for that. And it was something that he was very intentional about creating that in his life. And he started with a really clear vision for what he wanted regarding his life, regarding a relationship. And he wasn't deterred by the, this vision that he had and the gap between that and where he was at that moment. And he just looked at what did he need to do in order to accomplish that. And he worked towards that very diligently and um, very, very hard, just, just doing the hard work of going inside of himself and uh, clearing up whatever needed to be cleared up in order to have what he really wanted. And it sounds vague because I want to I leave just you with that context because I want to let him tell his story. And so without further ado, welcome, Gene. How are you today? Hey, Sammy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we'll start, uh, we'll start with something, something, you know, we can ease into this conversation a bit. What's something going great in your life right now that you're excited about? Um, something great. Uh, well, one thing that's going great is my relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are deeply in love. And she's like one of the greatest people I know. 
And I'm so lucky to be married to her. Wow. That sounds definitely like something worth celebrating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're here on the show with us. Um, People don't know a lot about you. Uh, I just gave this great introduction about why we're going to have you here. But uh, maybe what what would you, if people can get a little more sense of who you are and um, they feel more connected to you, what, what would you like to share with the audience about yourself? Yeah, well, just in terms of that the the show is about um, exploration of sex, and uh, in terms of my own journey, I I definitely had um, since I was thirteen, um, I started to develop these fantasies about, uh, particularly about men's underwear, and this fetish stuck with me for a long time, um, and it had me really uh, confused about my sexuality. I wasn't experiencing attraction to women. I never had a crush on a girl. And I was kind of concerned with doubts of, you know, am am I gay? Do I need to be with a man? Uh, Can I be with a woman if I wanted to? Um, And that's, uh, that's a little bit of uh, the background around me. Wow. Okay. So, um, I was thinking more like uh, where you live and job, and but that's that's going right. To- <laughs> now people know uh, people know you very intimately now. Thank you for sharing that. So and that's that's a that's a huge part. That's the reason why we wanted you on the show is because uh, to share about your journey. That for many people, there's there's a lot to unpack with your experience. Uh, this so dealing with confusion about attraction and experiencing some form of same-sex attraction and because that, that's a really sensitive hot topic these days and uh right uh, it's really it's really inspiring about where you're coming from it, it your experience with this i mean is that it's not uh your experience with it was never a matter of good and bad and like or evil and i should you know should or shouldn't uh but there was these things that you had and they were contradictory to what you wanted and that's something no one can argue with, right? It's like, well, you really, deep down, you did this, you looked at what is it that you want in your life and you wanted a wife and you wanted your own family. And, and you just looked at what, you know, is that possible for me? And then after seeing it could be possible that you just were willing to do the work in order to, to get there. Yeah, well, I remember uh, being at a silent retreat in India in the Himalayan mountains And it was 10 days of silence and I was, you know, I had my mouth shut and I was really reflecting on my life while I was practicing meditation. And I was really at, I just kept asking the same question. It was, what do I really want? And I just asked it over and over and over. And I contemplated, do I want to be with a man? Do I want to be with a woman? And I, Mm -hmm. I just kept contemplating, what do I really want? Do Mm -hmm. I want a family? Um, and I, in my gut, I just really felt like what I want for whatever reason is I want to be with a woman and I want kids. I just decided that that's what I want. And so that's, and now that's, uh, now I'm, I'm married to, to my wife and very happily married. Mm. So 
inspiring end result. Um, would like to share with us, so was, was that the beginning point for you? Or how, how far back does this process go for you that you're experiencing this conflict regarding your attraction, who you're, what your, your orientation, your attraction? Yeah, that's, 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 been a, <laughs> that's been like a lifelong process, Sammy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Constantly dealing with what I, what's kind of turning me on. And then also in the other corner, looking at what I want. And I, I kept asking myself what I wanted for years and years and years and years. Um, and sometimes I wasn't clear and sometimes I was. Um, and um, for, yeah, pretty much for, for the majority of my life, I, in my gut, it's always just felt like I want to be with a woman. And that's just, that's just what I've wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, nothing against um, people who choose to be in a same-sex relationship. Um, but for myself, that, that wasn't what I, I wanted deep down. Wow. So, where, what, so gosh, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. So like you got clear on what you wanted, but then th- I think this is a question for a lot of people then. It'd be that uh, there's this understanding that sexual attraction is, is um, hardwired into us. Right. So if you're feeling these things right. and that's just naturally the way you are. So there's, I, there's nothing, someone say there's nothing you can do about it. And others would say there's nothing that, that trying to fight against that is very negative actually. So would be right. Very, but, but there's very different than how you approach this. So I get, we can start with that. You're what you've learned about yourself through that, this process. And, and I get, let's address that thing first. What have you learned about that yeah. topic? So, well, I, I can't even pretend to know the ins and outs of how sexuality works. Mm-hmm. Um, I can really only speak from my personal experience. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, what I know is that I have never had a crush on a, a girl while I was growing up. Um, and so I grew up really not sure if I could be attracted to a woman. And regardless, I, ended up pursuing a woman because I, I was interested in, in a, a committed relationship with a woman who I wanted to have kids with um, and who wanted to have kids with me. And, um, and I found that my attraction to my current wife developed. And actually I, I was, I was not into her. I was not aroused by her when I first met her. Um, and I, and when we were first in a relationship, um, I, I was very honest with her. The, you know, day one, when we started a relationship, I told her, hey, I've, you know, I get turned on by this fetish. And, you know, I, I'm interested in a relationship with a woman. Um, but I just want to let you know that that's, um, that's what I'm dealing with right now. And um, if that doesn't work for you, I totally understand. Um, and she said, that's okay, Gene, and we'll, we'll work through it as of now. Um, and, um, and I'm so grateful for her for taking a chance on me. Um, but I found several months into our relationship that I started to develop feelings and attraction to her physically. Um, and, now I'm, I'm so 
aroused by my wife and our relationship and how we we get to be with each other so free and trusting and um you know through the highs and the lows and i i feel so much attraction for my wife that actually i when i you know the uh like if i see men's underwear or if it you know some sort of uh soft porn pops up um it just doesn't really do much for me anymore i wouldn't say that i'm i'm not still somewhat uh still stimulated by it but it it's just nothing compared to my wife so these days you know it it pops up and then i like joke with my wife about it later because it's it just seems so funny that that used to be so consuming to me and i used to go to it every day and to think about it all the time and now it just doesn't really give anything to me um mm-hmm. because my wife is just so much more i just i just have uh really lost my desire for my fetish it barely feels like it's my fetish anymore mm. um and there are days when i'm extremely into my wife and um very attracted by her physically and there are other days where i'm more attracted to her emotionally and i'm not super attracted physically so the attraction you know it it changes day by day as well there's so many things that you just said that would i think just break a lot of people's framework for their concept about sexuality so i i think we need to take a step back to unpack this a little bit there's so many what ifs you just talked about okay, so sure. one thing i want to go through is um, how did, what was this process for you? Like where you experienced attraction in one direction and you, you altered and you developed attraction in a different direction to your wife, what we're talking about. And what was that process like? And then, and then I also heard you say when you first began, um, you met your current wife and you're being talking to each other, you had no physical attraction to her. And so that's a big what if. So what if that actually never happened? How how the heck did, did you expect to to begin a relationship with her, right? And was that something you were hope just hope fingers crossed would come, or that you were something you did in order to to nurture that and develop that? Okay, let's start with those two things because I think those are two yeah. pretty big. Okay, well I'll do I'll do the second question you asked first. So in regards to um, being concerned about will I develop a, an attraction to my wife? Um, that, of course, was a big concern. It was a big concern for both of us. And I told her, I don't think I uh, that we should be in a long-term relationship um, unless there's at least some significant um, confidence that... Um, that this is this is going to work, um, and my wife was extremely patient and understanding, and um, and said that we'll you know we'll work through it. And um, uh, several months in, I found that I started to develop some feelings for her. I started to think about her more. I was really moved by our our relationship and our honesty. Um, and just being really vulnerably honest with each other, which is a a big thing I I took away from working with High Noon. I 
It was constant practice, being honest when I don't want to be honest, being honest when I don't want to be honest again and again and again. Um, and I found that being vulnerably honest created intimacy. And so I, I started to feel really intimate uh, with my wife. And then, um, and then I started feeling attracted to her and I felt, you know, this, um, I, I'm developing an attraction towards a woman. And that's quite baffling, um, but I, it was very exciting as well. Wow. So, uh, I, gosh, I, I think we can, that's a beautiful story. And I, I don't know, we'll, we'll just have to see what the response we get from that is. But, I mean, it, it really aligns with my beliefs about attraction is that it's something that you can nurture. And then when you invest into a relationship, then it comes about. I believe that strongly. I hope our audience does as well. We'll, we'll have to see because I know there's, uh, pockets of the internet and of the world that uh, com- that feel very differently about this topic of attraction. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to share, you know, this is, this is my experience and this is my story. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I, I hope people can yeah. at least just hear that. And uh, yeah, you can't argue with that. And the other thing that, that you can argue with is something so you shared earlier that you looked really deeply into what is it that you wanted and deep down you wanted a relationship with a woman and to have a f- children with her uh and i left it at that earlier on but uh, I, I think maybe good to address why is it that you wanted that because I, I think that's something that that would be confusing for people as well that why would you want something different than what than the direction you're faced, I suppose. Like if you're attracted to to this thing, then why would you want anything different than that? Yeah, that, I mean, that is a great question. Um, I hope I can do that question some justice. Um, I mean, for me, I, well, we, I can preface with, I'm okay with, I think that if there's something you want, then you, then it's because you want it, then there's no real need to justify it. Right. But for the sake of guess, understanding and for people that we can cover it. Sure thing. Um, well, I think uh, one thing that has always uh, always kind of drawn me to it is the idea of having a family. And I, I won't say that I'm attached to having your traditional family. And I, I think um, with how progressive society is, society is moving away from the traditional family. Um, and uh, I was clear, though, that I, I really wanted kids and I really wanted, um, uh, I wanted uh, a, a traditional family. I don't know how else to say it. I, I wanted to be with a woman and I wanted to have kids. Um, and uh, uh, why, why did I want that is it's a good question. I really felt like in developing a relationship with a woman that that would kind of complete me as a man. And that's something that I, I wanted to explore. And then as I'm exploring this relationship with a woman, I also thought, well, and then we can just be really great parents to kids and give our whole being and all we have to these little munchkins that'll probably cause mayhem and ruin our sleep. And that will help me and, you know, us to 
uh, just deepen our our capacity to 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 love, to love our kids, to love each other, and and that that just seemed really beautiful to me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's what I'll say. I want to go a little deeper into that because uh, adoption, right? When you talk about like having children, and like this, so this is probably something that could come up that the uh, the thought that would come up for a lot of people. There's other ways to have children, and so what? And you mentioned you wanted a, a traditional family, which means creating children your own children with someone else. Uh, but then there's all this other scientific stuff that, you know, you can do like semen or, or what do you call it? Uh, implant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All that stuff. So, so what, so what about having your own children with your wife was really attractive for you? Are you, do you, are you able to pinpoint that or is it just something you just felt or something you wanted? I, I have nothing against adoption. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, I got that. Who, who knows? Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. we will adopt children. You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think there's something beautiful about how the sexual relationship creates life, and that life lives in the the womb of my wife for nine months, mm. and um, and then that baby comes out, and it's it's very clearly comes from that its mom and its dad and you know, it, it's kind of poetic in terms of the, the, the lineage of human beings and where we come from, you know, we come mm-hmm. from our parents and it's like everything comes from our parents. And in, in the case of um, having biological children, it's, you know, their DNA, everything, their makeup, how they, they got created was um, from this lineage of parents mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm had sexual relations and created a new generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that, um, so I, I'm drawn to the idea of having biological kids, but I, I have absolutely nothing against adoption. There are many kids, you know, that are right. looking to be adopted and I'm, I'm not against that. Right. Yeah. Appreciate you clarifying that. I didn't want to paint the picture of you as this anyway, but I, yeah, the that's and that's the what though you said lineage. Well, the word we use is legacy, and that's something we tie that we see is very intimately tied with sex. Is uh, this legacy, this lineage that get that gets created? This everything you just covered, and another aspect for me personally. So I'm just talking about Sammy. Uh, the, it is, I think, also it's beautiful that a child comes through this intimate connection between two people. And it's also, I think a very godly kind of experience where you, you really are at, you are a creator and that's a very powerful thing to, yeah, powerful experience to have is that you created a life with another person, a life that would not have existed otherwise. And a whole mm-hmm. future, a whole future for the world that wouldn't have existed otherwise. I mean, you don't know whatever the ripple effects are and the, the children that they have, et cetera, et cetera. And there's something about that I think is very powerful as well. And anyway, it's what I would add, it's not about me, right? But um No, yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> and so then let's go back to the first, my first question was uh so what was this process for you to you started, you said 13 years old, you experienced this attraction to a certain um, certain form of, of same-sex attraction, specifically regarding men's underwear. And starting from there, and then you're now 26, 27, 
mid mid to late twenties, and mm-hmm. you uh, are in, you're married. You, you're married, and you're having lots of sex with your wife. And so, what <laughs> what was the uh, what was this journey, this process that got you to where you are after discovering what you wanted? And two things I heard you mention was this silence retreat in the Himalayan mountains which simultaneously sounds very impactful and very exotic and adventurous. <laughs> and uh, the second thing I heard you mention, or, and your involvement with High Noon, that is also something else you mentioned, in practicing mm-hmm. the, um, the, a certain form of relationship of, of developing that honesty muscle and practicing the, removing the shadows in your life. And even when you didn't want to, continuing to be authentic with people. Uh, what right. else made a difference for you? Um, well, I also, um, found a therapist who is actually a old family friend and, um, became a, a very trusted mentor. And, um, my therapist just really understood me, understood what I wanted, um, and was just really great with me. And we did, um, a lot of exploration and talked about, you know, the wounds of the past and um, talked about um, physical touch and, um, and many other facets of um, my mind and my past and my sexuality. And honestly, like through all of that, it, it made the hugest difference, but I, I can't say exactly you know, how, how it worked. All I can say is that, um, that through doing this healing work, I found that the, the unwanted sexual attraction, the sexual attraction that I wasn't proud of, that was often to, um, people I disrespected and didn't like, but somehow fantasizing about sexual relations with them was it was what I did when I felt crummy and it was it was um something that was very consuming how really I didn't want it but it was almost my way of like kicking myself um in the dirt when when I um was was feeling kind of isolated and and bad about myself and um and so um, I found that that's that unwanted sexual desire and craving um, lessened as I was doing this healing work, and then I also did a, a men's retreat. Um, well, before, that was, uh, I want before well, before I go to the next thing. So, can you clarify like, what are we healing? What, what do you, when you say healing work, what do you mean by that? Um, that is a great great question. Um, well, I mean with with I'd say most therapies, there's, it's um, oftentimes you explore your past. And so my therapist and I, we, we explored my past. We did different therapeutic techniques. And it was all kind of just to uncover past experiences, some more triggering experiences, mm. very shameful experiences, and um, looking at trying to, I guess, heal, heal those experiences so that, um, so that in my present self, 
um, could be free of them. And don't ask me <laughs> uh, how how it worked, how right, that yeah. healing took place. You know, I don't yeah. I don't know know the science behind it. Um, I just know it made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You're the you're the recipient of it. You you not exactly right. the expert, right? And, and so okay, so it's not like uh, these experiences that people have. I imagine particularly in childhood, right? Those that's what I gather. Right. Yeah. And the, they 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 leave these lingering wounds that even if we we don't think about them, but they still have some effect on us. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So then the need to go back and heal those. I assume so. Yeah. I don't know the science, okay. but I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, do you have a, <laughs> yeah, don't worry. You don't need to worry about talking about that. Um, but yeah. is there some, is there one particular impactful experience that through, through this, these exercises that there was some specific experience in your past that through however it works, talking about it and through healing that it, it was, it made a really big difference for you. Yeah, well, the, I mean, there, I, I feel there are um, a handful of experiences, but there was one experience that we kept going back to, and it was this time when I was like eight years old, and I um, had my my uh, siblings invite me to to something. They didn't say what. It was like a surprise, and I knew something was fishy, but I was curious as to what they were up to. So I just kind of went along with it. And I end up like walking into this walk-in closet, um, which is where they were leading me. And all of a sudden the lights go off, they pants me, they put a diaper on me and, um, and run off laughing with each other at me. And I'm just kind of left there, um, in this closet. And so, um, it was a a memory that just kind of kept coming up. It was just, you know, vivid in my mind, um, clearly had an impact on me. Um, And, you know, there's just a lot of shame in that experience. Um, I wanted to disappear, which became a pretty reoccurring theme as I was growing up, just very shy in school, constantly wanting, wishing, I wish I could just disappear. Nobody could see me. Um, so I, you know, I, again, I can't say how did this experience in my past directly alter my present? I, I don't know, you know, exactly how, but it was impacting me and doing the healing work around it. I just feel a lot more freedom, um, in general in my life. Mm. So how does it, what's the, I, Maybe it's a difficult question to answer, but like, oh, what does it feel inside of you to pr- that is not healed and then that is healed? And what's the difference for you? The the difference I well, uh, of course, it's not black and white, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like I was wounded and then all of a sudden I'm healed. It's I mean it's a process and it's a mm-hmm. it's a constant right. lifelong process, right? I um, but there are these experiences that I've I've had. Um, that, well, I guess I just, I feel lighter. I feel kind of freed up like a, something was weighing on me and it's kind of been lifted. Um, and, um, and I just also, you know, started trying to be more 
vulnerable and honest and share about these experiences than I shared with my siblings who honestly as adults they had they had no memory of this this very traumatic experience for me they mm. they you know forgot about it mm. and so i asked them about it and they're like no but you know we're sorry and i said yeah don't don't worry about it um but i yeah they they didn't even remember mm. um mm-hmm. but but i feel lighter i guess and i also feel um just more like in tune with the kind of person I want to be. And it gives me this confidence. And I, I just feel like that helps me to um, navigate the choices I have when I'm, I'm presented with, there's a trigger. And I, I all of a sudden am craving, you know, my, my old fetish or, you know, something else, or I can let it go and move on and, and, you know, try to do something in my day that I'm actually proud of. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you worked with this therapist and you did this healing work. And, and I'm sure so many, I'm also curious what, what this, which you said you can't really explain so well, but what this process looks like. So I imagine you're, you're just talking about these experiences with someone. And is there any other work that you need to do, like recreate anything or have fought like a, have some cleanup conversations with anyone prior, like this conversation with your siblings, was that part of the process of healing that? Yeah. Good, good question. Um, I, I don't know if my conversation with my siblings was really like directly a part of the healing, but it was something I was really curious about. I just thought, geez, like I keep coming back to this experience now that I'm like, trying to heal wounds from my past. And, and I was really curious if my siblings remembered and huh, nope, none of them did. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, well, one thing is uh, uh, my, my uh, therapist kind of pointed out, well, is maybe there's some, something in regards to your relationship with your dad. And I thought, geez, like, I used to have an okay relationship with my dad and now I have a pretty good relationship with my dad and it's pretty good. So I think we're good. Um, and we explored it and we looked at, well, you know, maybe I, I wasn't, um, held much during my more like, um, older childhood. Um, that was pretty, uh, uh, that, that wasn't normal for my family. Uh, my parents to like hold each other, my siblings to hold each other. We we're all kind of, you know, keep your private space, keep your hands to yourself mm-hmm. um, kind of family. And so I, I believe that that had an impact. I can't say exactly how, um, but I could share a little more about that um, if you'd like. Wait, so um, your therapist suggested that possibly there is this dynamic between you and your father that was involved in this. And, and so, and, uh, did you, uh, did you go speak to your father about it or, or was it? Yeah. And you I mentioned did, yeah. this, that, and they mentioned this, um, about like holding this like physical connection element that was missing from your childhood. And so what was, what did you discover about that? Yeah. So with my dad first, um, yeah, I, I, I had my doubts about whether that would make any difference, but I decided that I would, well, I would 
reach out to my dad and see what he thinks. And so I, I um, got in touch with my dad. I kind of communicated with him more frequently and um, eventually decided that I wanted to do like a father-son trip. So I invited my dad out to California and we went down the coast and um, did a little like surf trip. Um, and I used that as an opportunity just to develop my relationship with my dad. I, I um, believe that my relationship with my dad has strengthened quite a bit um, in the last several years. And that that has made a, a difference. Um, what difference has it made? I don't know, but I just feel more um, in tune with the kind of son I want to be and the kind of man I want to be. And and I I feel like my dad is is proud of me and has my back. And that's um, I can't say exactly what that's done for me, but I think it's helped. Mm. Wow. Thank you. So there's, and I, I, for, for me, the takeaway is that beside beyond your, uh, the takeaway, the general takeaway from what you said is that people have these experiences in their pasts that affect them without them realizing it and the power in going and going back and, and, taking a look at those and seeing what that impact might be. All right. Then there's, um, before we turn back to this conversation, you mentioned a men's retreat as another thing that was mm -hmm. deeply impactful for you. Yeah. Um, I, I did this men's retreat weekend. Um, I, uh, my, at first I heard about this men's retreat and I was, I was not interested. I thought that is the silliest thing I've ever heard of um, <laughs> getting a bunch of guys together. Um, I, I was not interested at all. And I, I thought not for me, it just, it just was not for me. Um, regardless, at some point I, it piqued my interest and I thought, well, it's, it seems that there's a men's retreat kind of close by and maybe I'll, I'll, uh, if I go to it, maybe it'll be helpful. Maybe it'll, um, be an impactful experience. So, you know, what do I have to lose here? You know? So I, I, I kind of thought there's nothing to lose. So I'll just check it out and, and see if this can help. Um, because at this time I was, um, in a relationship with my wife and I was really wanting to um, do whatever I needed to do to be happily married to my wife. And so I ended up deciding to go to this men's retreat. And when I went to the men's retreat, it, it was extremely powerful. I, I was, um, surprised from the beginning of just how how um, much integrity and um, effort was put into having this be a really powerful transformational experience for men of all different ages, all different kinds of situations. Um, and yeah, men came for all kinds of reasons, whether it was an addiction or 
Um, they were just looking for um, something powerful to, you know, move them in the right direction. It very, varied quite a bit. Mm. Um, and I had this really powerful experience when I was there. And um, I um, had the experience of, of being held, which is something that honestly, I didn't really want. Um, mm. But um, in the, the midst of the retreat, it was something that just kind of struck me as actually maybe that is something I want to, to be held and embraced. And, um, and so uh, during the retreat, there was a, like a father figure and um, he, I ended up asking him that I, I, I asked him if he could hold me and there was, you know, it was after there was like an appropriate time for it. Um, and, uh, and he, um, said sure thing. And, um, and I asked him to, if he could hold me like a father holds their son. Um, and this, uh, I wasn't really sure what would come out of this, but I, I ended up crying. I ended up crying a lot for like 10 minutes straight. I was just crying and I just felt like, I felt like this is like God's love. Um, this man was just allowing me to be so free and embraced and um, taken care of. And, um, and something about that was very healing. And I felt like something lifted off my shoulders and I, I can't say too much about, you know, how, how it worked, but I, I did feel like um, I got the transformation I needed. And now I feel much more comfortable around physical affection and I can be very physically affectionate with my wife. Um, and something about it was very transformational. Okay. Wow. I mean, sounds like very, very, What's the word? Uh, just worthwhile experience for any 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 man. I think whatever with whatever they're dealing with to be able to experience their masculinity. Yeah. So we covered we covered a lot of stuff, and we covered four experiences that made a difference for you. Um, the silence retreat, your work with High Noon, your uh, therapy work, this men's retreat. Anything else that on your journey to uh, being that you're in this relationship with somebody and with your wife, I mean, not to somebody, this relationship with your wife, and you can you can attribute to this great relationship that you have. Is there anything else? I mean, there there's so much, but those are the big right. things. I mean, there's also mentors who made a big difference for me. Um, my dear friends who were just um, willing to listen to whatever I had to say, whatever was on my heart, my, my parents. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there, there are tons of factors and tons of. Right. Right. Um, well, I guess then things the things that, that we could actually point other people to, right. These, these would be right. Yeah. So the, oh, yeah. this, the silence retreat, the 10 day silence retreat in the Himalayan mountains of India. Um, I'd like to just point people who this might be appealing to somebody that, so where can people learn more about that? Um, well, I did it 
in the Himalayan mountains uh, through a, a nonprofit called Tushita. Um, and it specifically is around Tibetan Buddhism. Um, but it, one that's worldwide is Vipassana. I personally haven't done it, but people talk about this retreat like it's made the biggest differences in their life. Mm-hmm. And I believe them. Um, so I can't say from personal experience, but it, it's uh, widely available, um, the Vipassana meditation retreat. All right. And so what you got from your experience with your retreat was reflecting deeply on what it is that you wanted in life, getting clear on that. There's one thing I heard. I'm sure there's you know, many, many things, but for what you shared about here. And then there was your work with High Noon is what I got helped you train the honesty muscle and your integrity muscle and those two and practicing those in relationships. And then there was... Uh, your therapy work, uh, which where you did a lot of the healing work from these experiences and these wounds that you had in your in your life and especially in your childhood. Uh, so where, where if people are interested in, in is there was there a specific modality that you did or where could people uh, look to to find more information about that? Um, well, my therapist, um, his name is Philip Shanker, and he's he's amazing and. Um, yeah, I I uh, really appreciate a, his his role in my my journey. Right. So you said he was a, a family friend. So I guess that that was your connection with him. Do you know if he has a website or or anything like that? Um, he has an email address. I don't know about a website. Okay. All right. Anyway, so but then there's many very well qualified therapists for people, but that therapy work was something that made a big difference for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, all right. And then the last thing was this men's retreat, which sounds very mysterious as well. What, so what is this men's retreat? Is it, if it, it sound, you said there's something they do in many locations. Where can people learn more about this? Right. So the men's retreat was called New Warrior Training, and the um, nonprofit that puts it on is called The Mankind Project. And okay. they do – this is the kind of their flagship program, um, which – probably one of the best weekends of my life De- well definitely yeah. was one of the best weekends of my life um but extremely transformational mm. um so yeah i i'm just grateful that i gave it a chance wow yeah it sounds very i'm i'm uh, very interested in this thing yeah personally and so i guess to wrap up I, if we could i'd like to hear a little bit about um not just your journey getting to from where you were to where you are now uh, but what married life is like for you, and especially in, in we talk about sex, and we haven't really talked about that a whole lot. So, uh, in in your position, going from being single and never in a relationship with someone to now married and in a sexual relationship with your wife, uh, would you care to share a little bit of your before and afters? Like, maybe what are the concepts you had about sex that you realized were really off after the fact? Sure. Um, well, I guess one concept about sex that was really off is that um, I I thought of sex mostly as being very physical, um, like the physical act of sex. Um, But actually the best sex is very relational and it's, it's very much about the intimacy between her and myself. And um, 
And I, I really feel when we're both trying to have the right heart, um, giving to each other and really trying to find like a higher purpose in mind, um, that, that really is, uh, it makes for the best sex. Wow. Anything else? Anything else? Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, obviously according to my story, I, I kind of had this concept of, it was, well, I wouldn't say as a concept as much as, uh, doubts about how attraction and sexuality work and kind of thinking, well, maybe attraction is just something you're just born a certain way and your sexuality is a certain way and you're attracted to certain things. And, um, after being in a relationship with my wife, I, I'm very clear that attraction develops attraction uh, ebbs and flows. And um, while I'm, I'm just very much um, grateful for and turned on by my relationship with my wife and my wife. Wow. Oh, you're, there's two dynamic aspects. You're attracted to your wife and the relationship you have with your wife. That's, that's fun. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Gene, for sharing yeah, just opening up your life and sharing so honestly about yourself. Uh, is there any parting words that you'd have for people on the journey to to sex, or to, to, to doing sex right? I mean, that's what this whole show is about, is that we've, we are really passionate about the power of sex. And when you get it right, how fantastic it is in our life. And when we get it wrong, how much pain and how much damage it causes. And you've put in a lot of work in order to get what you wanted and to really do utilize the power of sex in a productive and, and in a meaningful, valuable way. And so for anybody else out there that are wanting to, they're on their journey to get sex right, what would you have to say to them? Well, I just, I just really believe that a, a beautiful sex life is, is something that everyone deserves and you know where wherever you've been in your life and whatever you've gone through whatever experiences that um that a beautiful sex life is an option and a choice and um it's something that i i just keep coming back to and that's that um i'm making my choices and my choices are really, you know, whatever, whatever I, I really want. Um, and I just, I hope, um, other people can really just go for what is it that they really want and, and choose that. All right. Thank you, Gene. Very encouraging words. All right. So, uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gene, our guest for the day. Hope that was a valuable conversation. Let us know what you thought. You can email us, contact us, uh, leave a review for us in the in on iTunes. Let us know what you thought of this episode or our whole show. Anyway, Gene, thank you again for joining us. Uh, great to have you as a friend and great to have you on the show. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. Andrew Love here, and I just wanted to add one more point. High Noon is a nonprofit organization, and we are run by donations. And although we've been doing okay, thanks to the massive generosity of our founders, the Wolfenbergers, 
We want to expand higher, 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 higher. We want to make a global impact. We want to reach every family. We want to change the culture. And for that to happen, we're going to need a lot of volunteers and a lot of staff. That's just the reality. It takes money to travel. It takes money to do a lot of the things we do. And we want to let you be a part of this growth. And so what we've created is a donors club, which is a $10 a month club. And when you join, you get a t-shirt mailed to your door. You can get some exclusive content. And we also have some really good goodies for our tribe of people who are part of the donors club that we're going to talk about in the coming months. So I just wanted to invite you to be one of these people. Everybody can afford $10 a month. It's just a matter of whether it's a priority. So if you feel High Noon has impacted you positively or your family or somebody you know, please consider donating. I don't want you to give any money unless you really, really want to. But if you do want to, I encourage you to really, really donate. So $10 a month is, I don't know, a cat a month. I don't know how to measure it. It's a giant hamburger and french fries a month that you can sacrifice in order to help this world become a more habitable, more enjoyable, more connected, more loving place. So please consider joining our donors club. It's just $10 a month. We look forward to seeing you on the inside of our secret society for donors. Have a good day, everybody.